It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. With me, Dan Humston of PodConnects. Josh, good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for uh, being on The Talking Hedge. My pleasure. We're at MJ Biz Show, which is awesome. Yeah. This is uh, the world's largest cannabis conference. Um, we've known each other for about three years. First time we've met in person, which is really weird because I feel so like weird. I know you. And I'm like, yeah, we've never actually met in person. But here we are. Um, what brings you to... Um, MJ BizCon, world's largest cannabis conference. Why are you here? Well, we have 50 shows now, including the Talking Hedge on our network. And so we're here to talk to advertisers and we're here to talk to our listeners. We're here to record a lot of shows and we're here to, you know, maybe talk talk to some people that might be interested in joining our network. So a lot of everyone's here. So if you can't, you know, if you can't figure it out. In Vegas this week, it's going to be hard to figure that out because everybody's here. But they say 35,000 people are here? The rumor is 35,000 people, over 1,200 uh, booths, and uh, it's been pretty crazy. I just talked to the, the person that helped us with the press because we're in the press. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and she said there are 1,435 booths. Wow. And I was like, she's like, they're still selling them. I'm like, who's buying them today? She goes, I don't know, somebody somebody just bought one for the, for, the, for this afternoon and tomorrow. That's crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy. That's it. I, I saw a 10 by 20 that was completely open, vacant. I don't know if they got sick and couldn't show up. I know Forefront, the guys from Forefront couldn't. They all got sick last minute. But whoever's booth that was, that would suck. Yeah. You're dropping 10, 20 grand easy on that and not to be able to utilize it. And the, the one time of the year where you get this kind of exposure and awareness. No, and it's hard and... I mean, that's kind of the whole point of PodConnects is that it's really hard for cannabis companies to get their message out. Right. Very hard because a lot of different media prohibits our advertisers to, you know, to put their message out. Google, Facebook, Instagram, you can't put your ads on there. So an event like this is one of the few ways where you can meet your customers. And if you can't make it, I mean, it could be ruin your whole year. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that come here and don't even hit the floor. They definitely don't listen to the speakers, but they're here for the opportunities to get in front of PodConnects. And, you know, it's it's uh, all of the 50, you say 50? 50 shows now. There's 50 shows now. Yeah. Well, I'm proud to be one of the first ones. Here we are. <laughs> one of the cornerstone shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I can only imagine that some of those shows are going to be talking about the news that hit the wire yesterday with uh, the historical vote in the Senate to be the first standalone bill to pass the Senate uh, for research. Now, I'm going to be a little bit cynical here because there's already a patent. 6630507 is a patent on on cannabis's ability to be a neural protectant. There needs no more research. This is literally just kicking the can down the road and just a delay tactic at its finest. But everybody's super happy because we're at a, you know, in Vegas. And so they're going to be talking about how great this is when in reality it is a delayed tactic. What's your take on the the ability to finally research cannabis? Well, let me take one step back before we go, before I answer that. I agree that the, some of these are a lot of lip service and this could be one of those situations. But the, the general public needs 
or I should say the industry needs the general public to hear positive news about our industry. Especially the investor community. Because it needs a little kickstart again. Things dried up, there was a the macro economy slowed everything down. The industry is needs a kickstart. So when President Biden comes on and says, I'm gonna pardon all of the federal people in, in are incarcerated in federal prisons for cannabis, that's good for the industry. Because it gets everybody there's good stuff happening in the industry. When two states, Maryland and Missouri, pass rec, that's good for the industry. It gets momentum going. This same thing. Gets momentum going and I'm always saying, not sort of your answer to the question about the research, I'm always worried when government does anything. <laughs> it's like, what's that question say? Um, when the government comes to, I'm here to help. You know, you don't want to hear that. Well, I was raised when the government knocks on your door and says, we're here to help. You shut the door and lock it. That's how I was raised. But there's a lot of people out there be like, come on in. I got the place set for you. And I'm like, oh, hell no. no, no I don't no, trust yeah. them as far as I can throw them. No, and I think that I think that if we can, I know it's really hard to self-regulate and self, and, but I mean we're doing a pretty good job of of building this industry without federal regulation and with, and I know it's not where everybody would want it to, but I don't really know what that would look like if we. So, to me, I like I kind of like this thing to play out a little bit by itself, and but I would like more positive in more positive momentum, more positive news, and I think this is good for that. I'm not, like, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, it's just, this isn't, like, I don't know that this is really going to change the game other than it's going to, it's one more good news thing that's happened over the last, say, six weeks. And so I, I don't, I, I think it's it lip that. service on the administrations uh, when they were, before Biden got elected, on the campaign trail, he said he wanted to legalize. This is just, uh, you know, a delay tactic. But if they can get more concrete proof than the patent they already have, more the merrier. Let's just let's go with it rather than delaying it for two more years so he can go on another campaign spree and talk about legalizing. Yeah. Like enough is enough. Just do it already. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm, I'm tired of the bullshit, really. <laughs> so I have no patience. Um, Tell us how you really feel. Yes, I will. Maybe. Yes. Um, so... You're here. Your big takeaway from this event this year—you've been more than one year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about maybe the differences and the takeaways that you're hoping to get this year versus previous years, because the layout is a little bit different. The vibe is different. Um, it's two stories. The speakers are way over there, yeah. and so when when the rooms do come out, it floods the room. But in the meantime. Doesn't it kind of look like it's a little bit less crowded? It doesn't feel like 35,000. Maybe that's a good thing. Perception is reality, though. Yeah, I know. Do you think people will come back feeling that it wasn't as well attended? Well, as a former trade show producer, I mean, I, this is something that we wrestle with nonstop. Uh, and I, like, I always like to have all of my... Uh, conference sessions in my rooms close to the floor like I didn't like to move the people off the floor because it, my exhibitors would be mad if they were too far excuse me too far away 
because that walk from wherever they are to wherever, there's too many distractions. I could yeah. decide not to go, go to lunch or I could do this. But if you walk out and you're right on the floor, then you're back in. And so I was a big proponent to trying to keep my conference rooms as close to the floor as possible. So I would say that's a negative. The, the upstairs, downstairs, that doesn't bother me as much. It's bothers some, some people have said to me that it bothers me, or it bothers them, but I, that this, this upstairs, downstairs setup doesn't really bother me. It's overwhelming whether I'm on the first floor or second floor, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's still overwhelming. Yeah. Um, now, let me put my exhibitor's hat on. I kind of like it when it's a little bit more manageable. I, like, I like it when the ebb goes out before the flow comes back. Because the people that I I would rather, I need a conversation versus a soundbite with people in order to make my sale. Right. So I think from a sales standpoint, this may actually be better because if I would say the one negative thing that you I, we used to hear about the MJ Biz Show is that you can't get anything done there because it's too busy, and so. People would say, I like coming to your show because it's not so crazy, we can actually make sales. So, I mean, we'll have to see how this one plays out, but that would be one, uh, probably, a perspective that you may not have thought of or you may not have seen. It's definitely easier to get to approach the booths, and I think a lot of that has to do with it being aggregated by sector or industry. I like so you have that. all of the machines you know, together you have all of the HR people, which is going to be a plus and minus. I like it as a, as an exhibitor because then I can get to where I want to go and I can see all of it and not and you don't miss out. But I think the exhibitors might and maybe you can uh, chime in on this having the experience. But my perception is that if you have a competitor to your left and right and they're overhearing your conversations and they know who your clients are, yeah. that's a massive disadvantage that may deter them from coming back yeah you what could. Do you we used to do um, the hemp pavilion you know this is in the early days we had, a, we had a hemp pavilion we had all the hemp shows in there occasionally we got pushback for that for that that reason alone but not as much as you'd think however like if I was say like a, an accounting firm cannabis accounting firm and I had three other accounting firms on my row I don't know that I, that wouldn't be so good for me. I would rather have, you know, the, maybe another accounting firm all the way down to that end and this. But if somebody's looking for an accounting firm, they're not going to miss us if we're all in the same row. I don't know. It's yeah. a tough one. I was at a financial technology innovation conference in San Francisco. Um, and to your point about not having the speakers leave the floor, they had everyone like right there. So while they're speaking, it's a little bit louder. But then when the sessions come out, they just swarm all of the booths. Yeah. Now, the same conference from the same people in New York uh, at Finnovate, they put everybody on the eighth floor for speakers and on the sixth floor for booths. So that meant when you got out and you hit the elevator, you're just gonna go all the way down to the lobby. Yeah. And they skipped everybody. And it was a completely different show. I was super excited for New York, they get us a financial capital, whereas Silicon Valley show was just about tech. And we are financial tech, so both of them made sense, but San Francisco was better because the people were there and they didn't leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I was 
I mean, it's hard though, because especially when you get to this size, there aren't, I mean, this is one of the biggest, if, if not the biggest convention venue in the, wor in the world, or maybe- One of the largest convention centers in the world, yeah. yeah. And it, if these guys can't figure out how to consolidate or how to configure space so they can get your speakers close to your floor at this size, you know, who nobody can. Yeah. So I think this, you know, this is kind of one of the unfortunate things of the sheer mass of this show is that you've outgrown that that option, which is, you know, it's just too bad. But uh, next year they're going to be at the, where they were last year. Oh, really? Yeah, they were moving back to the, was it the East Wing where we were. Do you know at? why they chose this layout? It reminds me of a Canacon in Seattle back in the day when they had this two-story deal. And I don't mind it. It, it. It's okay. If you remember 2016 when NJ BizCon was at the Rio yeah. and they had four different rooms. Yeah, that was tough. If you, weren't, if, if you were too high, you would forget you already went in that room. Uh, whereas this is only two floors instead of four rooms that all look the same. Yeah. Um, do you know why they ended up going with this format? I don't know for sure, but my guess is that all the other options were booked. It's uh, really hard. I think it's, it used to be, prior to COVID, it used to be really hard to get the, your dates and then the space. So you want the space, but you don't. sometimes you don't want a date that's like right after Thanksgiving or you know, right after, you know, maybe within the Jewish holidays, there's, you've got to be careful on these certain dates. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were booking shows six, seven years out so we could get the dates we wanted. And um, and sometimes you had to suck up this because you couldn't get the space you wanted, so you had to sort of suck it up because you couldn't get the space you wanted. But it was the dates you wanted. And so, you know, that's always a juggling act. So this was, in my mind, I thought felt like this was their best from dates that they've had in a while. Last year, it was like in December. I thought that was too late. Uh, this October, October, November is the sweet spot of, of, of um, conventions. This is when you want to be, October, November. So everybody wants to be in these, in these dates. Next year, they're at the end of November into December. It's not as good a date, but they have a better space. So that's right. my only, I, I mean, I don't know for a fact that that's what it is, but that would be what I'd assume. That makes sense. All right. And that's going to happen quick. 2023 is almost upon us. What is PodConnects going to be up to next year? You guys have already up to 50 different shows, uh, a lot of different uh, things. It's pretty much all audio right now. Is there going to be some video? Like, where do you see PodConnects in 2023 and beyond? Well, yeah, we just we just got our 50th show that joined. So, that's, so that brings our total downloads for the month over 100,000. Wow. Which was kind of our mark uh, in... At the beginning of this year, our goal was to get to over 100,000. So at this pace, we're going to be, you know, I think probably 125 or maybe 130 by the end of the year. So we can accommodate the bigger advertisers. My thought in the early days was that someday Domino's, Doritos, Uber are going to want to advertise to our customers. And they're not going to, and they're going to go to try to put their ad on Facebook and then they're going to get rejected. When they come to us, you can't say, well, I got 25,000 downloads, because they're gonna be like, well, it's that, right? They, they want 500,000 or a million impressions, million people listening to this, and that's what, so we need more, you know, more people to have to increase their, their listenership for the people that are on our show. 
or on our network and we need more shows to come on so that we can accommodate those bigger advertisers. So it's a, it's, right now it's, it's a combination of bringing on, inviting more shows to, to join our network and reaching out to more advertisers so that we can get more advertisers. Um, down the road though, we already have a lot of shows that are doing stuff with YouTube, so there's incorporating the video. YouTube's a little, for people that wouldn't know this, is kind of in the weeds for cannabis, or for podcasting, but YouTube doesn't really have their podcasting game dialed in yet. But they, we've been at, I've been to a few podcasting conferences where they spoke, and that's on their radar, where they're going to be able to, where your show's going to be automatically will go to YouTube. Right now, it's an extra step. We don't get the... We don't get the demographics. We don't get the, the the analytics from YouTube. So it's a little bit. It's not exactly right right now. But I don't. That's going to change. And when it does, we kind of like to be in position to take advantage of that. YouTube is also pretty stingy when it comes to how much money everybody gets. And so, you know, that's something else that they have to. That I I think they have to work with. But if you know, I don't know where that's going to go. So to answer your question, we're putting pieces in place to get to video, you know, to be more aggressive with the video side of what we're doing and to accommodate all of our shows that are in that, that want to go in that direction. Um, yeah, so that's where we are. So if anybody wants to advertise on the Talking Hedge and the other 49 plus shows, how can they get a hold of you? Where are you at so they can get some more information? Uh, probably the easiest way is just go to our website, podconnects.com, P-O-D-C-O-N-X. Everybody gets it wrong. If I were to do it over again, I would have had a different name. <laughs> so many people are like, PodConnex. I'm like, I, I, I wanted it to be Connex, but I guess I, anyhow. So P-O-D-C-O-N-X, uh, advertisers or people that are interested in, you know, some either me or somebody else on the team can help you walk you through what we do. And, you know, it's, it's really easy. Yeah. And, you know, it's really, it was, it's pretty painless. Too. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's a great system, great setup. Um, so if there's any podcasters out there, check it out, PodConnex. And investors, give us your money. <laughs> All right. With that, I think we're going to have to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest uh, with PodConnects. Um, why did I just Humiston? Sorry. I want to thank my guest, Dan Humiston of PodConnects. Uh, thanks for being on The Talking Hedge. Josh, great. Appreciate thanks it. for having me. I'm Josh McKay. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.